and welcome back to Industry Town. Today I am sharing with you the final JRS Happy Hour conversation of 2020. We recorded this yesterday and it was it was just a it was a treat. I loved it. Um it was me and John plus Brittany Rentschler and Aaron Rye, who are the other two actor salon coaches with me, and then Ryan Garcia, who's also faculty at JRS. And it was awesome just having a round table with everyone. We talked about how you possibly wrap up this bonkers, weird, awful year, how you look forward to the next year. And I don't know, I just, I love these people. A lot of them have been on the pod already, so you know them. If you haven't, you'll get to. And uh, yeah, tons of great stuff in here. One of my favorite things about being a part of the JRS and Actor Salon family is how many wonderful different points of view all get to the same goal. And so it's a whole bunch of people who value the same things, the power of our work and the power of community and authenticity and curiosity and vulnerability and all of that stuff, but a whole bunch of different messengers. And, you know, sometimes different people are have a different way in and that, that pops with different people. So I loved getting to just have all of these different uh, opinions uh, kind of as a buffet. So yeah, I hope you enjoy. Um, I also, in the introduction, mentioned the 48-hour film festival that JRS and Actor Salon are doing in the new year. Please pay attention to that. Please join. Please submit for that. All you need is one person who's enrolled at JRS or Actor Salon, and you can be on their team. So yeah, uh, check that out, and enjoy happy hour. Lock it up. Very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A-mark. Okay, seems like people are coming in the room. Hello, happy sixth night of Hanukkah to all who are celebrating. And welcome to our final JRS happy hour conversation of 2020. Um, Can't say that I'm gonna miss the year, but this is a lovely new tradition that I look forward to every week and one that I feel really lucky to share with all of you. So thank you for being here. Um, I've heard it said that the days are long, but the years are short. And that feels exactly right to me. It was April 28th when we had our first happy hour with uh, Amy Renee. Since then, 33 weeks have got, come and gone. And this is our 25th happy hour. And um, just thank you all for joining these chats and sharing uh, yourselves and your time and inviting other people. And um, a really big thank you to John for constantly walking the walk when it comes to building and supporting community. Uh, we would not be doing this and I'll be here without you and we love and appreciate you. Um, also, while I'm here, I want to thank two more people. I want to thank the queen of JRS, Jenna Johnson, who is constantly working overtime behind the scenes so the studio can run and events like this can happen. So thank you for all you do and your incredible patience this year. And I also want to thank the matriarch of JRS, Gabby Rosenfeld. I see you every week when John and I log on. I know it's not easy to share him for another hour or two, and you do every single week and with such kindness and joy. So thank you. We all learn from you too. So thank you. Okay, today's business. Let's get it out quick. Um, I want to tell you that we are announcing the 48-hour JRS and Actor Salon 48-hour virtual film festival. We are kicking this thing off on January 15th. It'll be on our social media. You should already have an email about it and more going to come. But basically, you and a team, that could be you alone or with roommates or if you do it safely uh, with friends, will write, shoot, edit, and deliver a short film in 48 hours. And then there'll be a screening and then there'll be some awards and fun stuff and we'll celebrate it. The movies are going to be under seven minutes, including credit. Um, and you can go shorter than that. Uh, and again, this is all virtual and COVID safe. So feel free to shoot this over Zoom. Feel free to do this at home with your cell phone. This is not about the biggest budget is going to win. Um, it costs $20 to enter per 
uh, per team. And that $20 goes to a scholarship fund at the studio so we can help people who are still struggling with the pandemic afford class. So it's a really wonderful cause. Um, so yeah, sign up. I'll put a link in the chat really soon. Uh, we'll have a kickoff party where we announce final rules, like a line of dialogue and a prop that has to be in there. So the thing you do right now is you figure out who you're going to work with. And uh, on January 15th, we will start this off. Um, okay, enough of that. We are here to wrap up the year and start looking forward. So let's get to our guests. Um, if you're part of this community, then these lovely humans do not need any introduction. Uh, feel free to Google and IMDb and Instagram stalk them if you don't already know them. But uh, now I'd love to welcome my dear friends and my work family. Uh, I'd like, like to welcome Actor Salon Coach Aaron Rye, JRS and Actor Salon Coach Brittany Rentschler, JRS Coach Ryan Garcia, and the man who stirs the damn drink, John Rosenfeld. Thank you all for being here. Look at you lovely Hi. people. Hi. What's up? What's up? Oh, it feels like a faculty meeting. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> this is what our Monday mornings have looked like this entire pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> We're all this put together too. It's just the exact same. Um, so we're going to let this go all over the place. Everyone who's in the audience, write your questions, say hello, contribute. Let this be a group conversation. We might bring some of you on to ask some of your questions. But I want to start this off. You know, we've all taught classes over the damn Internet this year. Um, and I'm curious, just how has your class or your experience teaching class changed over the year um and I, there's so many ways you could take that you don't need to answer all of them but okay good santa's here um but brit i'm gonna just start with you and then we'll just go around but i'm i'm curious how how, have, how has it changed this year uh number one thing i would say is attendance holy cow everybody i mean for good for bad for anything is showing up which is uh, to me for the best but i mean in terms of where their life is i feel like when we were in the room together, a lot of times absences would file in and people wouldn't necessarily take uh, advantage of makeups in the same way, just because life was happening and everyone was so busy. And I have felt so much growth this year from the power of showing up that every time they flip on their computer screen, even if they just dragged themselves out of bed and over to it and forced themselves to hit the button, there's so much to be gained from showing up. And I have seen my classes grow exponentially because of it. So that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Yeah, like the community just feels yeah. stronger. And it's like we do audition camp together and that class never felt like a, it never felt like a class. It felt like a thing people showed up to. Yes, but the it was way very individual serving size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now that's as much of a family as, as any of my groups for sure. And sure. Uh, yeah. I feel that. Well, Erin, how about, how about you? Thirdly, I feel like we've gotten to know, I've gotten to know people a lot faster like I have clients, many, many clients who I've never met in person. And it's so strange to think, oh my gosh, we've never met in person. I don't even know how tall you actually are. Like I only see this much of you every week. And so I was, I think that surprised me actually, how, how deeply you got involved in people's lives so quickly. And then another thing, like the technology itself is a little bit, it's like a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in the sense that you can share your screen. And like I know for Britt and I, we're doing a lot of coaching on your materials. So pull up your headshots, pull up your, and, and you too, Brian. I'm like, oh, I forgot. You're, even though you're hosting this, you're also a coach. Hello. Awesome. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> So, I got a different hat on right now. It's exactly. Fine. Um, but, you know, pull up your actor's access, pull up your this, pull up your that. All of that takes 
so much less time when everyone knows how to do it, but it's also a learning curve. So the technology is like at first it, it's a little wonky, but then like once you get there, it's a really incredible tool. And then the other thing that I mean, I, I'm gonna I might be the only person, but I love Zoom. I love coaching on Zoom. I'm like, let's I wanna be on Zoom forever. Um yeah, the, how many wait, keep going, but how many Zoom heads do we have out there? Are there some other people who enjoy <laughs> just throw that in the chat while she's going? I'm really curious please. if other people share that. <laughs> I may be the only one. Um, but the thing that I have also loved, like like Britt said, the attendance, like we've had people zoom in from all over the country, including clients who don't live in LA ever, right? People who I'm here, I'm there, I'm, I'm, and I know, Britt, you have some of these too, um, like, who are like, they want to move to LA, but they haven't yet. And that has been really special. And also, you know, just the opportunity to not, uh, to not have people miss salon just because they're traveling. Like, it's amazing. Everyone shows up every week. It's it's crazy. So yeah, I think in a weird way, it's brought us all closer. Um, even people I've never met. Yeah, it's this bizarre thing where we're, we're in your living room and you can be in class and live in Croatia. Mm -hmm. But there's this other half of it where you can't travel for work anymore. You kind of can only work where you are. Like it's a lot yeah. harder than ever before to get that job on the other part of the country, sure. but you sure can prepare for it from here, which is a weird dis dissonance. Um, Ryan, how about how about you? Uh, yeah, I found that there's certain things. I mean, everything that, that uh, Britt and Aaron just said resonate a lot. Uh, I found there's certain things that have changed through doing Zoom, and a lot of things that have also stayed the same, like that moment after class where class is over, people people just kind of linger still exists with Zoom, where everyone's like, okay, so do we leave now? But also I still like have more things I wanna talk to you guys about, cause that community is still thriving. And so I've loved that that has stayed the same, that people just don't wanna stop seeing each other. And it's been- Do you ever leave the Zoom on for them? No, no, that's another thing. I have a lot of control issues, so that's one thing I do love about Zoom. At the beginning, <laughs> the ability to mute every, I will say there's one like learning curve of going through Zoom where at the beginning, everyone's talking all at once and I had to use the mute button a lot. Um, just, I'm so tempted to mute you right now. I'm not gonna do it. I have so much power. Oh, would be ju the justice I deserve, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, there've also just been like to speak, like, when it comes to the growth, I really have been seeing such exceptional growth through Zoom. And I don't know if it has to do with this or not, but I felt that there's an aspect of working in class, which I love so much in the room, where you're kind of in a format where it feels like you're acting in a black box theater because you have a small audience that's around you. And whether or not you're trying to ignore them, they're still there and they're still listening and then you still are somewhat playing to the room where in zoom it really is everybody's screen goes away and it's just you and you can turn off your own camera and just see the other person and just have a camera and just have a microphone and like the subtlety and minimalism that people were able to witness within themselves through having that camera microphone i thought was such an amazing tool that zoom has offered us in acting class and um so while it's really gotten uh while it's really been a, a um it's missing in some ways with the human connection that I, that I love. I think that it's, it really, in, in that technological aspect, has been a boon, really positive. It's more of an on-camera class than it could possibly have been. It's a specific camera. 
but it abs everything is on camera everything's in either a medium shot or a close-up shot unless you're getting real real weird shout outs to some people who have um john how about for you how has it changed and how has how has it changed over this year it's endless year i wish i could could star trek it with everybody and just have you enter my brain you know, for the last... I think that's, is that like a breakout room? I, don't see the bra- I would like it. I would like a being John Malkovich moment. Just run around in my brain for, for a little while. Because it's been such a... It's been such a evolution. I mean, I just remember my Friday... Like, my Friday class, who's been together for years. Like, the first thing they were like is like, I'm not fucking doing Zoom. <laughs> like, 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 I'm done. I'll just wait till we get back. And that lasted a week. Like, it, it, was, a, it was a week of rebellion against like, fuck you... Mm-hmm. Uh, corona, fuck you, pandemic. Like, almost like if I, I'll be, I will will it away. And eventually, I was like, guys, just come, like, let's just go to class. We'll figure it out. We'll see how it goes. And then basically, we've had 34 consecutive classes. And I think what I've seen kind of shift is, you know, before the pandemic, everyone has their lives. There's all these distractions. And now it's, it feels like the the normal ambient noise is gone and was replaced by like some real worry, like real concern of like, what's our world going to be? Not, am I going to get an agent? Am I going to get in the room? Like real things. Am I going to be able to my, be able to pay my rent? And what I found is that service, like a real bonding, like the depth of discussion changed. Do you know what I mean? It, like there, there was very few lighthearted, whimsical exchanges at the very beginning. And I feel that allowed people to really let themselves be witnessed and for them to witness other people in like the rawest form. And it's amazing how that led to a certain love, like this generosity. And now, like I think of Friday as an example, and it's a really gorgeous family who's enormously attuned to each person's experience, do you know? And I think what that allows for as far as acting is to feel really okay risking because you already feel like you're kind of naked to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in addition, and I think that's true with all my, I think all of my classes I have found has been that Friday day example for the most part. It's just because I, I, I think in addition, I think everyone's figuring out for the first time, like well, not for the first time, but I think everyone's coming to, asking new questions about what they want their lives to look like. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I, like, I don't want my life to look like it was pre pandemic. Do you know you what I mean? Different. What's that? How do you want it different? How do I want it different? And like, yeah. and it may be in a different apartment, a different neighborhood, a different city. It might be, I want to feel differently about my relationships. I think all these things as like this pause while the worst fucking pause ever is also, I think offered a lot of people to uh, be clear on what they want things to be, to, to look like. And lastly, I'd say as it's grown, you know, it's a, it's a roller coaster, but I think one, one thing is, whereas before, you know, sometimes people would judge themselves for the roller coaster. Uh, now you're just like, when someone go like, I like, sometimes I would have clients go, I don't know why I just can't concentrate today. You're like, Really? I can think of a reason. No, you're like George Floyd, the pandemic, you know, injustice. The election. The election. And they're like, okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) 
you know, and you have to, but I think, and also I think lastly, I'm sorry that I'm speaking so much. I hope this is not going off the rails, but lastly, I just have taught so many classes. Um, I just think watching actors now act in their own living room or their own rooms. I think we're coming to you so you can act. You're not coming to us. So I think it's also been somewhat empowering the fact that you don't have to like travel outside of your comfort. You've got your desk, you've got your notes, you've got your bills sitting right yeah. there. So I think you're coming from, I think you're really coming from your deepest well. well I think also like there's an intimacy in that. Yeah. Right? In, in being in someone's living room or their bedroom half the time or wherever it is, like the whole class is entering your space. So there's kind of an automatic intimacy and vulnerability that's there. I've so, seen more people's bedrooms than I ever thought I would ever see. <laughs> like, I, you know, and like little nooks of their kitchens. I feel like oh, that's yeah. like a surprisingly common one. I like that one a lot. Um, cause it always has depth. Um, Aaron, I wanted to ask, um, and Britt jump in on this. Um, we talked a little bit about how the act of acting class feels different because we are in this close-up because the room isn't mm -hmm. there. How does the career work change or working on the career work change does that feel the same or does that feel fundamentally changed yeah I, I mean it doesn't feel different to me in the spirit of what we ask of people which is on a very basic te technical level to look at your six-month goals and then to create tasks that are weekly accountable right yes or no did you do them and then where's their resistance? How do we work around the resistance? How do we formulate new tasks to help? So at the end of the six months, you've done the thing that you said you were going to do, which I think is the most powerful thing for anybody to be able to do the things that you said that you were going to do. So that has not changed. I think the things that people have needed, and I think the resistance, there's been different levels of resistance. Um, so that has changed a little bit, you know, we're not, we're not dropping by a commercial casting office with like your headshot and resume or like a fun little gift card and saying, hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm new in town. You know, these, these things have shifted into videos where people are introducing themselves and they're tweeting it to a casting director or engaging with them on a Q and a, or, um, an Instagram and God bless, you know, Jenna Doolittle in the beginning for coming up with that newsletter. I mean, it saved people's lives. Truly. I watched people go from the depths of depression to like, Oh, the world is not completely collapsing around me. I can talk to casting directors. I didn't think I could do that before unless I paid this fee to go see them. You mean they want to, they want to, they want my tape. They want an, they're doing an open call. I just, I think it broke. We were always encouraging people to see past the barriers and what I call like the, the fictitious castle, the castle walls. Um, you know, I always tell people the rules are imaginary. These rules that you think exist that separate you. Um, but I think more than ever before, people were really feeling that or feeling invited. And that wasn't true for everybody. Not every casting director necessarily wanted to do a Q&A or do an open call. And that's okay, too. But it definitely humanized a lot of people that they thought were so separate from themselves. That's the biggest shift that I noticed in class that was different. Um, but the, the methodology really stayed the same. And I think that's what I love about Salon is that when all else fails... When you feel like you can't get out of bed or the world is climbing in our, you know, there's a structure, there's a format, there's a way that we run class. There's a way that we greet each other. We start with our wins. We get to your tasks. We do the six month goals. At least you could count on that. And I think that structure is something that creative minds really like, and especially very anxious creative minds in the hysteria of 2020. 
uh, like that answer. What about you, Erin? Yeah. I mean, I found a lot of the same things to be true. I don't, I agree with Britt. I don't feel that my work is fundamentally different. I'm still just talking to people and we're meeting in the middle, you know, and we're, we're coming up with what the next step is for them. Um, I, and a lot of, honestly, a lot of what we do is the same, like putting together an EPK, uh, an electronic press kit, a little Google Drive with all your stuff in it. Um, I would say, if anything, um, we've gotten more creative. And there's a lot of stuff that I have been wanting people to do for a long time, like the videos and all these yeah. things. There were so many like barriers. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And now I'm like, okay, guys, it's time to do it. And so it's actually, I think, allowed a lot of people to be more creative. And then the other thing that I think has been amazing is just, I think we all know that casting directors, agents, managers have been open to a self-tape over a beautifully shot reel for a long time. But sometimes it's hard for the clients to really, they, they go, oh, but I don't have a reel. Oh, but I don't have a reel. Oh, but I don't have a reel. And it was so easy to say, bitch, nobody has a reel. You can't do anything about it. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit and cry about it? Or are you going to do three amazing self-tapes? great, go do it. Um, so I really <laughs> appreciated that little kick in the pants. But I mean, I think if anything, my coaching has gotten more gentle, um, even though what I just said, my, uh, even though my <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, bitch, but hold on a it's second. Was I was like, I think, wait, before. are you going through a hard time? Because let's slow down and let's talk about self-care. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I do think I've gotten gentler. I've focused uh, a lot on self-care and a lot on purpose work, um, making sure that you're really doing the thing you want to do. And I have had clients on both ends of the spectrum. I've had clients that had already set their six-month goals and they just kept working toward them and they got a manager and they got a commercial agent and they did everything they set out to do during the pandemic as if nothing had happened. I mean, not for them personally. Obviously, they went through a lot, but they achieved the goals just the same. I've had other clients who said, you know what? I don't want to act right now. And that client wrote a feature film script, which is amazing. And he wrote it for himself to star in, and he is going to direct and produce and star in a feature film. So I've been very open to change, I think, just like, you know, let's reevaluate those six month goals. I had a lot of people at the beginning where I said, okay, let's go back and look at those. What do you really want to do? Um, and I think in the beginning, we had this framing of like, what do you want to have done by the time the pandemic is over? Like as if it would be over. The next three months. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think I was more conservative than most. I was like, guys, no, it's going to be at least six months. And then there's going to be a second wave. I just, I didn't imagine that it would be quite like this. Um, but that was a really valuable moment to just take a step back and say, okay, with all the time in the world for a lot of my clients who were out of work for a while, what do I actually want to do? And that can be very revealing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind I, I want to piggyback on that a little bit and just say that I think major shout out. Now that we're at the end of the year, it's like kind of the gratitude. I feel like some of the panic has subsided as we've gotten used to a lot of these methodologies of making our days now with the sanitizer and the masks and the stay at home. And, you know, it started to feel like habit. Um, that there's a lot more gratitude that comes in rather than the anxiety of like, what's next, what's next. I think we're pretty settled and like what next is like this until it's not. Um, but the one thing that, that, what I really felt from the actor song clients at the beginning and a lot from my JRS clients too, is that what I think that I think the spirit of the studio and the spirit of actor salon is that we have actors who are like, yeah, no, I get it. 
Like I get that there's 5,000 submissions for every role. I get that it's hard to get an agent or a manager. I get that this is tough, but I think there's a way. And I want to do it joyfully and I want to be engaged and I want to be in a community. And when the pandemic hit, it was like, hey guys, it really wasn't a huge pivot to help them recognize that they're still those people. And now we just have new circumstances, you know? I think that's great. I want to use that to pivot. Ryan, for you, I want to talk about, so like, we talked a lot about how these these times have caused people to have to change their patterns. We're talking a little bit about how salon we've used that. How have you adapted to the pandemic? I know that during this time, like you got into voiceover and was were able to turn that into bookings. I feel like you've been able to create structure for yourself. So how is the how have you changed your life because of the pandemic? You know, the biggest thing, and it doesn't uh, exactly answer your question right away, but it, the biggest thing that changed for me was I felt like I was chasing so much and i think this is kind of what everyone's been talking about already but i was chasing my life and chasing appointments and just making it to everything before the pandemic and then once the pandemic came it really became like creating the day that i wanted each day and giving my like and allowing myself time for relaxation allowing myself time for what i like my body needed rather than thinking i've got to hit the gym so i can make that appointment so i can get that client so i can get to that addition so i can get changed so i can get to that class tonight um, and just, I think that mindset shift helped shift also the goals that I was after. And, um, and I also just wanted to talk about like what you guys were talking about with what's changed with teaching salon was, and what how your coaching has changed, which also Aaron, I want to know what your coaching was like before, if that's what mm. is, um, because, uh, like I have found that a lot of the things that have changed for me as well in my, uh, in my coaching for people's auditions or audition tapes or for my own tapes has even though we already preached at the, at the studio, I've gotten even more to a place of this is what I like. And this is what turns me on. And this is the story that I want to tell. And I can't do anything else than what I want to do with this, than what I want to tell. And to be honest, those are the voiceover bookings that I've gotten have been the ones where I haven't tried to follow the rules I've been taught about what to do. I've been like, you know, what would be really funny is if I did something real stupid here. Um, but it turns me on. Um, so I found that that's been a part of it. And, I, and, I, and, and then one other thing is that, um, I posted just recently, I, I had a, a, a little zoom callback and I posted my setup. People were like, how'd you make that setup? And I was like, I didn't make it. It was just over years. I've slowly honed little parts of everything. So it's, it's always just being okay with where I'm at right now. And also thinking like, what is it that I can improve upon in a small way rather than thinking, how can I get the most amazing setup tomorrow? Um, and I think that going in that way has, has led to me now having a nice little voiceover booth and a taping section, but also a couch I can sit on and, and, you know, that uh, all of those things kind of being in flow. Do you find that it's easy? Oh, please jump in. Well, if I may just, Ryan, you just beautifully illustrated one of like the tenets of Salon, which is, you know, I hold in this hand that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And I hold in this hand that I want more for you. And both are true at the same time. Mm, mm. I love that one. It's a good one. Um, I wanted to ask Ryan that idea of I will make the perfect day for myself. I Mm. will craft how I want to interact with this. Was that something that that just happened naturally for you? Or did you have some period of, fuck it, there's a pandemic outside? 
I had a lot like, of fuck it. I had so much fuck it, but then I got tired of fuck it. You know, it's like that fuck it served me for a while, like drinking and playing cornhole in the backyard and playing video games and yeah, that's right. Pour it. And um, like pulling. Yeah, straight by the ball. Um, pulling that Alabama coming out. Yeah. <laughs> um, pulling out the old N64. And then after a while, I was like, okay, but. What do I have to show for all this fuck it? Except that I'm surviving and I'm making it the next day and I'm not like, I think that a lot of it was just survive. Yeah. And I I realized like, okay, there's time to add something in here that's actually going to make tomorrow feel better. You know, or, you know, I like that you said you got tired of it. I, because yeah. we have a lot of clients, I, I find this in, in salon and in acting classes who are like, I want to be doing more or I want to be taking advantage of this time, but they feel like they don't know how to. They, that impulse isn't there yet to actually manifest it. And it's hard to give them this advice. But I do think the answer is like, you just got to, you got to do it long enough to get tired of it. And when you are honestly tired of it, that's when it's going to change. And if you, if you don't get tired of it, if you just keep shaming yourself, you'll be in that war and then you'll never actually get over it because you'll be defending it too long. It, it's, it's tough. I feel like that has been the biggest decider over whether people have been able to find some good months and momentum is whether they've been able to, to embrace that. John, what do you, uh, yeah. Well, I just, I totally, I agree with that, that you have to do it long enough. And it's not that you have, I mean, there, there's two ways to look at it. Like you could say like, oh yeah, I, I did it until I got tired of it. Or you could look at it as I did it until my body actually got the rest it needed because we're always going, going, doing, doing, and we could all stand a lot more doing nothing. I, I read this book, highly recommend, it's called Do Nothing. It's by Celeste Headley. And she talks about how in the history of humanity, like we weren't always working 365 days a year, like serfs in feudal uh, Europe worked hard for the harvest and then they fucking partied for months. <laughs> a wedding would last a month. And so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, well, I have to work eight hours today or I've failed. And um, the reality is the human brain can truly focus on something for about three to four hours. So if you're at three hours, like, good job. You earned that glass of wine and you deserve to play video games for a while. See, right? That's the gentler voice. Pat's. This was so on brand. My version was like, you just have to get tired of it. And she's like, no, there's a nice way to say this. And that now we're very on brand. But I think feel like we found our place. It loops, into, it loops into acting habits too. You know, we're talking about the pandemic, but like one of the first lessons I took away from John when I first started taking class with him is I was, I kept hitting this wall and I was like, John, when, like, when is this going to shift? And he was like, when you get tired of your own bullshit. <laughs> and he said it in the most loving way. It was not an accusation at all. It was just like, hey, you got to sit with it and you got to sit in it to get to the other side of it. And sometimes there are definitely habits that can help you and you can do it as consciously as possible. Um, but the journey is the thing. The process is the thing. And as soon as you get to the other side of whatever that one thing was, you're going to be greeted with your new set of lessons. You know, it's going to be another wall. And that's a good thing because that means you're growing. And if I can also just piggyback on one of the things, especially the habit aspect is I also have, you know, everything got stopped at once. And then you have you have to rebuild from nothing right in this new world that we don't that we didn't have a way of really understanding um, 
and we've had to rebuild over these last nine months. And I've had some some friends, people in my family who rebuilt everything right away. And for some people that works and it's really impressive. But for me and to bring up a book that I love, The Power of Habit, mm. um, why we do what we do in life and business. I love it. It really just breaks down just like the um, system of how habits are created and how you can restructure them. For me, it's just little things every day. And when I can add those little things up over a month, then I have a full day of things that are fulfilling. Um, but I, I can't do it all at once or else I burn out. John, what we we've been talking about a lot of different things in terms of like how you interact with a career differently, and all sorts of pieces have come up. What is coming up for you? Because you taught more online classes than probably all of us combined. Yeah, and I mean that quite literally. Um, um, so, like, what's coming up for you from all of this? Because so many things. One of my favorite. Well, one of my favorite jokes is, and it's so stupid. Doctor, doctor, it hurts when I do this, and then the doctor says, "So stop doing that." But I think that, you know, sometimes we just like, you could repeat that joke, like on, uh, you know, just a hundred times um, when it comes to what you were, you know, what you were saying, Ryan, you were saying, Aaron. Um, you know, I have to admit, I, this is such a weird time right now because, you know, always at this time of year, because I, te- I work a lot, uh, it's, I, I am, a, I am, I'm physically and emotionally a little like, tax and I need a decompression. Um, this is just different this year. You know, like tonight is literally my last class uh, this evening. And then I have one consultation. Um, I think the confrontation with habits um, everyone's confronting themselves right now, aren't they? I mean, I imagine everyone, I'm sure like, like I would love to hear how, what we've each confronted, like, you know, regarding our habits. Um, I also have an eight year old at home. I, you know, I think that the big, biggest thing for me is I am, I also having Charlie, I am a, I am a, uh, I've had to work so hard on my teaching regarding not being as porous as I was. I used to basically absorb everybody's experience and that did not serve me. And I learned after a certain amount of time that how, how to kind of like protect myself in that way. And it wasn't by caring less. It was just caring differently. Um, and then, uh, but I will say that's been put to the test during this time. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you not absorb all this anguish and pain on a daily basis? How did you, but how do you do that? I, that's something I feel like we've all been battling with. I'm curious what what stra- what worked and what didn't work in that battle. I think one thing is also being authentic with classes about what I'm experiencing, and that's hard for me. Not feeling like I have to hide, like you know, like yeah, sure, I can be, like I I'm here for you, and and to be honest, when I'm having a really difficult fucking day, you know, and the one thing I would always try, I've always tried to do as a teacher is to not bring my day into the into class. That's not my job. My job is to be there for you. Mm-hmm. But during fucking pandemic, man, there are some times where it's just challenging. It's just there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I can't hide it. Like if something's happening where I'm, I'm clearly aware that something is present, I've got to be honest about what's happening right now. Do you know what I mean? Um, I feel this is a, uh, I hope I'm answering this question, but I feel like, you know, that idea of it takes a village in this, in, in, in this, I really do believe that's, true and um i think uh i love i have to say one thing 
watching each of you talk about it and with this level of enthusiasm and excitement uh, and the fact that you're all big dorks when it comes to talking about acting and actors is one of the things that's allowed me to survive it because I'm a big dork and you care so much. And I think, you know, the empathy that this group has had for each other has been enormous. I think that's the one thing. It's like, you guys have been enormously empathic. I hope I've been empathic with what your experience was. And I think the one thing, I, I keep on saying one thing. I don't like that. Uh, I'm going to eliminate that from my, from, my, from my verbiage. But I think a lot of people have revealed themselves during this time about who they are and how they are. You know, like how empathic are you and how, how much are you just kind of, do you get kind of sucked into your own situation? And I think that uh, uh, the people who become habituated to being empathic, I think has served them really well. It does feel like there are certain choices, like how comfortable are you with discomfort and how open are you to seek out help? that yeah. really set people up to succeed or not at the beginning of this, which which was a very tough pill to swallow, that there really was this response from the universe that was going to say, like, you're you're more set up for this or you aren't. And that, I think, was a tough adjustment. Um, I'm curious right now, as we're all kind of looking forward to a new year, like we got this break coming up in front of us. And I feel like... It's weird. It's weirder than other times because on some, <clears throat> what, like I'm going to be at home more? Like I, I've been doing that. Yeah. Um, but in other ways, it does feel like a break. And I feel like, what does it mean for this break to be successful? What does it mean? How do we prepare for a new year and release the old one? I feel like that can be complicated. I think it could be easy to just fuck off for a couple of weeks and then get caught up by the new year. And I think the opposite could be true too, of like, I've got to get this in order and this in order because the vaccine is coming and auditions are coming and stress, stress, stress. So let's just, let's go around the room. Aaron, I've got you in the top left. So I'm going to start with you. What are either things you're doing for the break or advice you'd give to other people? Um, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what I did today, which was my first like real full day off. I woke up in the morning, I watched two episodes of Bachelorette because I'm behind while I played Animal Crossing. And then I did a full vocal warm up right behind me and I sang for like two hours and it was glorious. Um, so that's part of it to me is like, do what you want to do, like listen to what you want to do. And if you're giving yourself a day off, give yourself a day off where you don't have to feel any guilt. Um, I will also say that, uh, yes, Lauren, yes, Bachelorette. Um, so the other things that I am doing is I do have some accountability still moving for me. I'm writing a feature film. I have my feature film group and we're only taking one week off. We're only taking off the 26th. Um, so I'm going to be outlining this week, but today I gave myself a whole day to do nothing. So one of, I, I'll tell you two things that I gave to my, all my clients at the end of the year. Um, one of which was schedule your vacation days so that it doesn't just all blend together. Like, well, I'm supposed to be working, but I'm also kind of on vacation, but I'm not. Um, and I encouraged everyone to schedule at least a few vacation days, like full on, I'm doing nothing days. Um, and then the other thing was that I asked everyone to set an intention for the break. Um, 
This time I'm home already. I've been in Florida with my family for months now. <laughs> um, so I feel like almost like I kind of live here now. Don't worry. I am coming back to LA in March, probably. Um, but, you know, one thing I usually do is I usually go home for the break feeling like, oh, I'm going to get so much done, but I'm also going to be present with my family the whole time. And it's impossible to do both of those things. So I've learned that sometimes the intention has to be, I want to be present. Um, but I've had other clients, like some of my clients are really on a roll right now. They're just, the momentum is there. And so their intention might be like, keep it rolling. I have people that want to still go to salon. Like, they're like, what are we going to do with, I'm like, well, guys, I'll turn on the Zoom room. Like, I'm not going to coach you, but like, I'll turn on a room for you if you want. Um, so I think like a balance is, that's actually my intention over this next month or so is balance. I love it. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Uh, what was the question? <laughs> so it's what I'm doing over this time that's to, to prepare me for that. For what? And he's been muted. Moving on to Brit. <laughs> he muted himself. I he didn't. I'll ask him to unmute. This is the <laughs> moment for it. It finally was. I told him it was coming at some point. I think wow. I chose my moment well. Yeah. Wow. I prepared oh, this moment. You know, oh, I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> This I was is what waiting for the background. Faculty meetings. This is what happens. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good shot. It's a good shot. It's my next headshot. I want you to get that as a cardboard cutout and hang out with that. Okay. Wow, that's it's a great terrible. Thing. It's so awful. I'm so sorry that I ever made that face. Um, so the question is, what are you either doing to prepare yourself for the break, or uh, or what advice do you have for anyone trying to figure out how they're going to prepare for the break? Um, I'll speak about like me specifically. Like, there's one thing that has been really nice, but also <laughs> it's been nice and annoying. Um, that Monday through Friday, there we spend two to three hours every day, my writing partner and I, where we were writing a narrative podcast, and just having that. Like one thing I think that class has brought is that normalcy of, you know, we meet once a week, but this like, I'm showing up to work at least for two to three hours, Monday through Friday. And I think what Aaron said really spoke to me of taking my vacation days. We've got specific days that we are not meeting. I'm really, I'm really specific with him that I, I'm, it's also like, I brought him on in on this job, my buddy Sterling, our buddy Sterling, but he's the one that actually pushes me to show up. It's really, it's a really lovely. That was a good hire on your part then. That was the right yeah. person to work with. That's a good, that's a good hire. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I tell him I'm not working Saturday. I'm not working Sunday. <laughs> um, I need to have some kind of normalcy there. And like, and then now just choosing the days I'm not working. But I think um, still having that to show up for, I don't, I'm not really seeing for me this kind of break between 2020 and 2021. It, like, it just feels like, for me, for me, and maybe this is neg I'm sorry if this is negative at all, but like it feels like an arbitrary timeline that we're really just moving moving forward. There's some break here for holidays or for the the New Year celebration and all that. But for me, it's like I'm just keeping kind of the same system that has been working for me thus far within this the same, rather than trying to break it and think I've got something new starting in January because I think. At people, I think if I, for me specifically, if I had that mindset, I'd be a little disappointed when January feels a lot like December 2020, you know? 
Um, Can I say one more thing that I forgot to say, and I feel like it applies a little bit to this? Because I agree, Ryan, like, I'm not really like, oh, in January, like, I'm not ready to make any New Year's resolutions. Like, I'm not (laughs) doing it this year. It's not happening. Um, But one thing that I have asked some of my clients to do and that I do every year is I am going to go back and look at what were my wins from 2020, like every little thing. And this year, they're going to be really little. (laughs) Like, I had an nice zoom call with my friends like um but that's one thing that i think we can you know without looking too far ahead we can at least kind of look back and say like well what did i actually accomplish this year uh brian i'd like to change my answer i just said i'm going to uh, look back at what i accomplished this year i really like that one thank you noted for the record Brittany rentschler uh what's your thought on this do you see? Do you see a big thing at New Year's? Does, is that meaningful to you? Symbol like it. That means something to me. I recognize that there's a lot of people who it is just. It's another day, but I, I do get something from that. How, where do you land on that? Yeah, I think it's a really nice time to pause for reflection, just because the collective energy acknowledges it, and there is something. It's kind of like a bank holiday. It's like there's you can feel when everybody stops for a second and takes a deep breath, and I think it's a really nice time to take advantage of that. And since we do live in the time constructs of the society that has created them, just kind of like use them a little bit to your advantage and look back and go, okay, so it started in January, it ended in December. What are my wins? Like, where did I pick up the most momentum? You know, what do we want to keep moving forward? What It's like a business, you know, you do your audit, right? You audit the year, like what was working, what, what didn't, where was I losing energy or losing money or losing time? Um, what kind of structure can I set up for as I move forward, not necessarily just as January, but into this next uh, segment of time in which I look at my business or my life. Um, I think that's important. And I, I do like taking advantage of the time that everything is slowed down a whole lot because I, especially this year, more than ever before, feel that, you know, showing up to class is important. Um, not just for our clients, but like we, we have to show up, we have to turn our computer, we have to get out of bed, we have to try to push those anxieties aside and show up. And that's been harder this year than ever before. Um, I mean, just speaking for myself, it's, you know, it's kept me going knowing that people are waiting for me on the other side. And, and I find that artistic creation is always an antidote to anxiety for me. So I'm always better on the other end of class also. Um, but I am looking forward to having a section of time where everyone, at least in my community and you know, in the larger part of the world decides to just like fuck off for a little bit. And I don't mean in the, in the wrong way. I mean, just in the like, Hey, you don't need to, you don't need to pick up your computer for however long you decide. Um, I think if I were to come up with something, I would say like structure and flow to get really holistic on all you hippies out there. Like that's how a river runs, right? There's a structure for it. There's a container, but there's a lot of freedom within that. And I think if you can figure out what, what structure keeps you from just not having a direction, uh, give that to yourself gently, but firmly, and then see where the flow takes you within those moments. Ryan, do you want to amend your answer again? Or is that... Um, I've decided I'm sticking with uh, time is a uh, flat circle and uh, it's all meaningless. Great, cool, cool. Uh, I so really want I'm- to see a beauty pageant now. Like I just got serious miscongeniality vibes from Ryan. Oh, yeah. like, I'm writing down so structure and flow now. Structure yeah, and structure flow. flow. Writing really it down because we work together. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. 
easily the knowledge realm of the podcast. I agree with Mark Winnick there. Um, John, what do you think about preparing for the end of the year and saying, I mean, you've got to have some idea of wanting to shed this year to get into the next one. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I, I, I need, I need to unplug a little bit. I need to unplug for a couple of weeks. Um, uh, what does that mean? Just seeing different skylines. Um, Mm -hmm. I think uh, it'll be really wonderful to have Charlie not in school. Um, I think uh, just lazing around. I haven't lazied around very much. It's always been kind of, it's a lot of, a lot of my days are also pacing myself regarding, you know, because I get up really early and then I teach until really late. So I think it's a lot of just trying to make sure I pace my energy and to get rid of pacing. I'm going to go to bed at 7 a.m. I mean, 7 p.m. I will go to bed at 7 p.m., maybe 8 p.m. Maybe have a, you know, do that whenever I want nap. Yeah. I mean, obviously, depending on time. I haven't napped napped in nine months, but I agree with Ryan. I think that, listen, I've always been someone who's, uh, doesn't like this new year's resolution. I think that's dangerous. I think it's really just talking about like, what feelings do you want to welcome into your life right now? Like what, how, what, what would you like to welcome into your life as far as like energies? And I do think it will be interesting to live at a different frequency for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And I so agree with Brit when it's like so much, Brian, you and I, I mean, all of us have been partners in this, but just trying to be present to the world and read the world and like, where's, you know, where's the water flowing? How's it flowing? And I mean, just think of all the events. I think sometimes, and I need to do it, Britt, thank you for that. Um, and Aaron, about just like being willing to give wins to myself. I think I need time to actually maybe reflect on some of those wins. And um, I, I have not done that enough. My wife is certainly one who will always do that. But um, I'll go like, I don't have time to hear that. You and know, she's really. happier than most people. She just walks around the world happier than yeah. people. Maybe we should learn something from that. Well, it helps to have someone else, though, to reflect some of those things back to you. Yes, because we all have those. Mo- I mean, I certainly have those moments as an artist where I'm like, you start to do the comparison game and like, we're all here, teachers, coaches, whatever. But like, we're humans hey. and you start to like run those things. And it helps to have somebody in your in your home who can say, stop, you know, <laughs> look yeah. at what you've done. And I've talked, you know, it's interesting. I talked to Jeanette yesterday and we all know amazing Jeanette who has cancer and is fighting the fight and, and doing great. And yep, so much love. And it was so amazing to talk to her, but when you sit there and, and for those of you who don't know her, Jeanette has been part of the studio and a very important part of the studio for a very long time Mm -hmm. and an amazing actress, amazing human, amazing teacher, coach, uh, and you know, she got colon cancer at the very beginning of this. And, um, when you start to, it all just talking to her, it's like all the complaint, like it, it just puts everything in perspective, you know, I'm alive and, you know, we're all alive and it makes me like, listen to things differently. But I think, uh, uh, yeah, giving those wins, living at a different frequency and coming back in the new year, I think having just existed, maybe like a calmer frequency is certainly going to be of service to me. I agree. Um, I'm going to share my thought on this too, but I also want to invite everyone use the Q and a for any questions that you want for uh, here from the team. So use that. Um, 
well, two things. We've been talking about wins. One thing that I gave my salon that I really liked is just write your top 10 wins of the year. And the only rules are that it's not about size. It's how it means to you in terms of the 10. And that at least one of the 10 has to be personal and at least one of the 10 has to be professional. So you can do nine and one if you want, but we got to include both of them. And it's a really nice thing to have on paper. It's a nice thing to share with people. It's a nice thing for you to be aware of. And you don't even have to stop at 10. Um, so I feel like I'm the lone person here. I really like New Year's. I don't really believe that like uh, you must do it or anything intense like that. But like I like lists. I like like what was the best of this year and how is it different from next year? And the thing that really helped with my breaks that really like changed the game for me was recognizing, God, I feel like a broken record and an old man all at once saying this, is that you can only have one goal. And that when you find the goal that includes everything that you want to get done, it unlocks the entire thing because everything that doesn't match with the goal falls away. So for me, I have a ton this break that I want to do. And it's so easy for me to get overwhelmed because I want to get the house ready for a baby. And I want to take care of my wife during that time. And there's creative goals that if I don't get them done before she gets further along, I probably won't have as much time. And so I started to get all stressed. And then I was like, okay, what is the one, what is the one goal? The one goal is get ready for the kid. And everything does actually fall underneath that in a really clear hierarchy. And then I find relaxation. I find so much ease within that because I really only want one thing. That one thing ripples out. And that's why I have different days and fun things to think about and why I don't always have to get locked into one thing with one goal. But I do believe that when you start these things and you think, I'm going to get nutritionally uh, sound and fit and I'm going to get my reel together. That is the moment that it all falls apart because, oh God, you want two things and how do I do both of them at the same time? And sometimes I want to sit down and eat some food while I work on my reel, but I should be working out. And I think that's the moment when it gets complicated. So for anyone who does like getting things done, that's, my, that's the thing I would offer is get really clear on that one, that one goal. Um, I'm going to segue. We do have one question. Uh, Jeff Friedman asks for uh, everybody, how do you incorporate acting for yourself with satisfying the writer, producer, director wishes? I feel like this I came thought, earlier in the conversation. I saw that. I'd love, to, to it. I'd love to jump in on that one because I saw it earlier. And I've been well, why don't you go first? Because Ryan is leaving and I keep starting with Aaron and Hi, Ryan. You know, at someone else. Um, oh, I do love the mini fridge back there. That's, that's good. That's good. Oh, you don't sleep for long. Yeah. He's been setting it up a little habit at a time, and now he has the perfect garage. That's right. True. Yeah. Um, Jeff, uh, so this is, I actually love this question because this is something that I bring into my class all the time. And half of your work is your homework, right? It's your script analysis. It's thinking about, is this a guest star? What series regular am I opposite? If whatever that series regular is like, how is this serving their story? What's opposite their energy? Doing all the detective work you need to do about what does this character want? Why are they there? What is their purpose? Why is this day unlike any other? All of those things. And then you yes and. From there, that is on a box that you've created for yourself. That is the given circumstances of the world that you're living in, knowing that you are serving a story that this producer has been sitting around having meetings about for months, that this director has had a vision about and has done mood boards for, that there is a world that they have created. However, when you show up and you honor what's in the text and you honor the story, it's not about altering the story and making it about yourself. It's about you bringing your own artistic creation and your eye into that so that then when they see you, they go, oh my God, this is a collaborator. This made the story 
resonate even more. And to me, that's always the like plus plus you're looking for. And if you follow the passion in yourself, if you're being led by ego, you will try to make choices to be funny, to stand out, et cetera, et cetera. But if you make those choices from an educated place of doing your table work, but that artistic, creative, collaborative space of like, and then this feels really fun. And like, maybe this would add something to, you know, that's adding to the story. That's not trying to steal the story. And to me, that's always the line of bringing your own personal energy to what was very carefully crafted by these people who care very much about the story that they're trying to tell. Ryan, do you want to just steal that answer? Um, no, I thought I think that was uh, so perfectly put. Um, I think I think you may have already said it, but just like to really step stand like the double stamp it is like I think it helps me so much from that script analysis point of view of knowing what the character that I'm auditioning for's function is yeah. within the scene, especially if it's like okay, how am I supporting the protagonist story? How am I supporting the series regular story, or is my story the main the main arc here? And knowing that helps me get a better understanding of where my, like, where the, the bumpers are and how I can kind of bend the rules in order to do what Brit is talking about and be playful in that way. I like that. Aaron, what do you want to throw in that? Um, I totally misread this question. So when Britt started talking, that's why I'm kind of blushing because I was like, oh my God. Um, because, and this is my perspective, I thought, I thought this was about how do you incorporate your personal acting with your incredible career as a writer, producer, director? <laughs> um, so that's where my head went. Um, but I, so I will answer the question as a writer, director, producer, which is to say, um, you know, something from my experience of like, I had the opportunity to cast a role in a short film that I did and the submissions we got were insane I was casting a 60 year old 60 plus white man and we just did a breakdown um, and we got crazy crazy submissions and I think what I learned through that process is that it's so not about you like it's just not about you it's about the story that the writer and the director and the producer want to tell so i wanted a guy who was um that one guy was incredible had been they'd all been on the west wing by the way every single one of them had been on the west wing and there was one other movie or tv show that they'd all been on um but one one guy the story would have been like he's really sleazy Another guy, the story would have been that he's really intelligent and leads with his with his intelligence. Every one of those men, like our, our top four or whatever, they all would have worked in the role, but it tells a different story for the writer and the director and the producer. So what I would say then is advice that I gave to a friend on the phone earlier today is book the room, be yourself, bring yourself. And if the role is, if you're not the thing they're looking for you you're not going to make yourself into the thing they're looking for so the best thing that you can do is bring what you want to do bring yourself and then you book the room and the next time there's a role they're going to call you they'll go oh yeah oh jeff was jeff would be perfect for that um so that would be my advice as a writer director producer john what do you want to add to the mix I don't have much to add other than like, I love hearing uh, you guys. I mean, listen, you all are wonderful teachers. Um, and I think, you know, as far as wins, uh, I, I was, th I was thinking, I want, I want to hear some of your guys wins this year. Um, I would like to hear that. 
but I was thinking about how extraordinary it is that, you know, our actors have been working during this time. You know what I mean? About picking up on the very dynamics that Ryan's talking about. What's my function? Who am I? You know, doing those, uh, answering those simple questions, you know, and as long as you know what your function is, uh, there's a lot of room to play, you know, just don't forget what your function is, you know, and within that, within that there's, um, it can be a lot of things, uh, but I don't know what, yeah, I, I'm filled with like joy listening to you guys talk about your, your, your views on this. It's the proud Papa happening right now. Um, yeah, I agree with all this stuff. Too. I mean, to me, that question, like, I respect the heck out of that question. I empathize with it, but it's also that phrase of incorporate acting for yourself. Like, yes, we always want to do this for ourselves. We should always enjoy what we're doing. It should always be for us, but also it's a job interview. It's not for you. You're asking someone else to pay you a lot of money to go tell their story. So my thought is like when I when I wanted to teach here, it wasn't like, well, I'll first have fun and then I'll make sure that John's classes get taught. I feel like that's just the nature of the dynamic we're getting into. And actually, that really helps me that it actually is like, oh, I need to. This person has a problem to solve. And that's a very tangible, solvable thing. And of course, I'm going to have fun doing it because, God, I would not have become an actor professionally to rely on this way of making money if I didn't love the fuck out of it. Right. Of course, it's fun. or I wouldn't be here. So to me, I just always think of it as like, well, they're the ones hiring me. So I better figure out what they need. And I'm probably not going to get hired if it's miserable for me. No, I do agree with that, Brian. I just think it's tricky because sometimes people get caught up in the idea of what do they need and they try to mm -hmm. morph into what they think they need and they do lose themselves. And so what you're bringing to light is that doing your homework and seeing it as a job interview that you are, your best assets are to serve this company that already exists, right? Thinking about the project that way, but you have to bring your best assets, yeah. within the world of what the company's hiring for, right? Exactly. For, yeah. yeah. I think when you do a job interview, the idea is, well, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't going to guess what John wanted in a teacher and become that thing. The thing was show up as me knowing what this person needs out of this job. And I feel like that, that it, it just causes a lot of. Well, listen, we're having an, we're having an elevated discussion right now because, you yeah. know, when you talk about that, you know, Brit, Brit, I, you know, I've had you for almost 11 years, yeah. you know, and I mean, you guys for you too, Brian. So like when you've had someone for that much time, I've watched all the phases, you know, you go through mm -hmm. and, you know, initially the challenge is to even know what the writer wrote, like with new people, I think it doesn't matter if you've been working for a very long time. I mean, you guys have had people in your classes that have been on shows and they come in and they're still struggling with really knowing how to read the music or understand some of the intention or understanding the story or understanding the genre, right? That's not a question of whether you've, you're talented. No. It's just, it's a question of just like, there are certain tools that you're missing. Mm -hmm. And then there becomes that next level, right? Where then all of a sudden you start to really understand, uh, you start to read text or you, and you, you have a better understanding how to embody the story. You know, and then start to not only understand the story, but to, to identify how you can exist within the story. And then there becomes that next level where not only do you read it, know how to embody it, but you also have the 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 experience to identify this is what everyone's going to do. Yep. This is what everyone's going to do. They're going to see this story again and again and again if they are able to read the music. Yeah. 
and which they might not be able to do. So at least that top 5% is all going to do this. So now to raise myself within that top 5% into the top 1%, I'm going to do something that actually really fucking excites me that I know that person's not going to do. And it's a story and uplift the story and everyone gets to win out of it. And and I want to add one thing to that. I think one thing everyone should do to help with this is if you have a friend casting a project, offer to be the reader, offer to show up, offer to watch tapes with them, see what pops, see what it's like to watch the same thing over and over and over. Have this moment of being a casting director, because I think it's like when we're all lost in just the tapes that we're creating and we don't have any experience on the other side of what it's like to get 50 tapes of the same three scenes over and over, like, I, think, I think it's a really important part of the process. And one of my favorite things, Ryan, with that is like, I will say nothing is more joyful to me than when I'm teaching, right? And, and you know, before Britt was in class, Brian was in, you know, Brian in class, Ryan, uh, uh, Aaron, it's been a little while, but like, I would love when they would have a different take, when you guys would each have a different take. And I'll be like, oh, I love that. Like everybody's, everybody's input to me is is enormously important. And, and the story that always sticks with my, in my head is, and it's always kind of my philosophy, is that like, let's say, let's say, for example, Britt got really angry at me. My first instinct would be to believe her that I must have done something wrong. Because at first, I'm going to trust your experience before I trust mine. Does that make sense? Um, but I'll never forget, like, uh, I, I tested for the movie iRobot uh, with Will Smith years and years ago. And I'll never forget the casting director. I had a take that I was in love with and the casting director told me to do it completely differently. And I was like, but it was the assistant. It wasn't the casting director. And I go, I think you're so wrong. I think you're so wrong. And he's like, no, I think this is the way I want. So I negotiated. I will give you your take, but I really believe it's my take. And then I'll never forget when he called me personally to tell me I was testing. And I was like, and which take? He's like, it was your take. And to me, that just- Advocating for yourself is another. Advocating for yourself. But if it weren't for the fact that I had been doing it for a long time, and I just knew for a fact that he could not be right. Right. It was impossible. He was misunderstanding a note he had heard. He was misunderstanding notes from the from the higher ups, and whatever he's trying to get me today to do was going to just be a in giant disservice to the entire thing. And then when I did finally watch Alan Tudyk do it, we were doing the exact same fucking thing. You know, like it was just. Um, but again, it's just getting into that top 1%. But I will say one thing Alan Tudyk did do, which is another level. Now, how do you go into that room full of people and feel a freedom? Like I went in there and just auditioned. Alan Tudyk went in there and had a full conversation. He talked about how he was going to be uh, uh, borrowing from Japanese uh, art and like what he was going to be doing. And I was like, oh, you you talked to them. I just was hoping you would watch my work and I got the fuck out of there because I didn't have that level of comfort in that room that he did. And then I had to own that part of it because I was like, okay, so my acting was in place. I just wasn't able to like fully be present as a, as a human being and show you like, this is what I'd be like on set. Right. Ryan, do you want to amend your answer? 
Um, yeah, we're going to the chat. We're going. We're going to the backdrop. We're going to the backdrop. Let's see if I can turn off your video before it happens. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so much power. Um, we got another question. Um, what is the? This is from Sandra. Sandra, thank you for writing it in. Uh, what is the best way for new actors to contact casting directors who only seem interested in actors they have worked with before? Aaron or Britt, do you guys want to jump in on that? I found becoming an Uber driver and mm. staying around the studio lots, uh, yeah. waiting for someone to need a ride is a great way That's to do a it. great way. Mm. Um, no, I mean, the first thing I would say is don't, we're making an assumption about them, right? That they don't want to meet new actors. I don't know what casting director doesn't want to meet new actors. Now, some of them will put up more barriers to entry. Um, for reasons that are to to them. Um, but I, I think, you know, all the kind of all the same ways. Um, I think if someone's Instagram is public facing and it's not just their kids and their cat, I think if someone's if they have a Facebook page for their casting office, um, all of that is public knowledge. If they put their email address Thank on their IMDb Pro, yeah, then, LinkedIn's not a good one. Yeah, LinkedIn. Um, if they if they make themselves available to you, then you can take advantage of that. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean in a, in a positive way. You use the tools that are available to you. Use Instagram, DM. You know, um, introduce yourself in a way that's fun and don't ask for anything. You know, I, that's my biggest thing. Um, and Brian, you and I talked about this in our webinar. Is like make deposits into the relationship bank before you try to make a withdrawal. Don't make your first reach out to a casting director be, um, I'd love to be in your next project. Like make a deposit, say, hey, I'm an actor, I'm new, I'd love to introduce myself. Here's a little bit about me. And don't make it just about the projects you've done, make it about your cute cat. Or like you just started uh, roller skating and you're like kind of good, but also kind of bad. Like um, be personal and be real. Um, I think authenticity gets you everywhere. Um, that's one of my, that's my number one personal value. And I think that it has been true in my career that when I am authentic, people, people either connect to me or they don't. And at least we all know, <laughs> you know, it's like either you're on my team or you're not for me or I'm not for you rather. Um, and so I would say, yeah, use every resource you have, reach out, but there are some casting offices that they are not accessible. And I would say, just move on. Move on until you have a great rep who can get you in that room. Um, if they don't make themselves findable, they don't want to be found. Britt, anything you want to add on to that? Yeah, no, I think that's pretty good. I think um, there's something that we say a lot, which is that the problem is a solution. And so I think if your problem is feeling like, hey, I don't, I don't feel like this person is super accessible to me or that I'm an actor that might be on their radar, and I feel like that's not a good thing. And that's the first thing you say on your message is like, hey, Brian, I know there's a lot of red tape around casting and for good reason. And you you have like your, your favorite actors that you work with. Um, I just love to take this chance to introduce myself because I deeply love your work. I loved your work on this project and this project and your short film here. And I watched it like connect with what they've done and why you want to create the relationship without an ask. And that to me is so powerful because nobody, <laughs> it's very hard. I can't say nobody, absolutes are difficult, but it's, you're hard pressed to find someone that won't feel like if you've taken the time to know their work and you have a genuine, authentic 
compliment or connection to that work. We're all in this business for a reason. And it's not money most of the time, right? Casting directors do not get paid a ton of dough to do what they do. They do genuinely love actors, even if they present uh, in a way that might not seem as accessible as, as we're used to as very warm, engaging, extroverted people. But they love actors. They do. They love the art form. They're proud of their work. They're happy when there's Artios Awards. You know, there's, there's something in that that I think if you do connect authentically and you do it with transparency and you do offer a why uh, without an ask, then there's an opportunity there. Those are good. And look, can I have one thing? And Brett, you tell me if this is going really off, but yeah. I, I, and I, I like what you said, Aaron, too, about like putting these casting directors on pedestals. I think that, look, if you're always doing good, I think it's very clear. Like, what are you asking for a casting director? You know what I mean? Like, is it just, I want you to know me. So you're thinking about me or is it, is there a specific role that I'm dying to be seen for because I am so right. Right. I, yeah. But what, yeah. I, but what I mean by that is if you're doing consistently good work, you know, like consistently good work where let's say, for example, Ryan is doing great work in class every fucking week, every fucking week. And all of a sudden there becomes a, there's a breakdown out for a role that, or Ryan brings sides into class, or someone does those sides, like, Ryan, you'd be perfect for this. Then all of a sudden, if Ryan does not have a relationship with that agent or with that casting director, my feeling is someone in that room could potentially have a relationship with someone that knows that casting director. I just mean that, like, if, if you build it, they typically come. I just yeah. think I just identify that sometimes people are wanting to have that relationship with a casting director as part of their business plan rather than av- having a specific thing that you really are wanting to celebrate about yourself in that relationship. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a client who went into a casting workshop and there was, it was one of the formats where you get to do a one-on-one Q and a, and this is again, where authenticity comes into play over arbitrary goals, right? This person did have their six month goal to book a co-star. However, they deeply wanted to book it on this show. It meant a lot to them. They love this casting director. They're familiar with their work. And when that casting director said, Hi, it's nice to meet you. You know, tell me about yourself. They said with full authenticity, you know what? I'm here because it is my six month goal to try to book a co-star on your show. I love it for these reasons. I love your career for these reasons. And that's why I'm here. And that casting director looked at this person and said, you know what? I want to help you do that. And I I just think like there are ways, it's not always the method. It's it's not what we do. It's the energy with which we do it. Exactly, so exactly. If that's the biggest takeaway that you have, there are avenues out there. And just think about where you're coming from when you do it. I think that's the biggest key because I know I can smell it. I think we all can smell it when somebody is not in that mindset of authenticity. Um, whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it a climber or like, you can tell when someone's sending the same message to 25 casting directors. Um, and that's not to say you shouldn't reach out to 25 casting directors, but be authentic with each one. Um, that that's I, I, I totally agree that you can be authentically sending a self-tape that's perfect for the role that they're casting that you authentically believe should be you. Or you can say, I love your work and I would love to do any of the six projects that you're working on. And I like all of them. So here's just who I am. I think or, either of those can work if you're authentic. Or I'd like to offer my services as a reader. I'd oh, love yeah. 
any any time you you're on an indie project and you don't have a budget for it, please let me call be. Me. Let me be on the Zoom call. Like you know, I, I think there's so much to. I think there's so much in it. And if you're not doing it because you're trying to be a climber, I think you have to trust that you won't be perceived that way. Yep. So check yourself and then have the confidence to go forth and maybe bend a couple of boundaries that you think exist that maybe don't totally exist. My, like you my, said at the beginning, the rules are imaginary. Well, and my rule of thumb is that like, if you're worried about it, then you're not that person because that person doesn't worry about it. They just True. send the Facebook message to 45 casting directors right? because they, they are not worried about it. So if you're <laughs> thinking like, oh, I don't know, should I do this? You're the person that can do it. Yeah. Um, I want to add in one of the things I, I love everything you all have said. I just think one of the thing I want to add in is don't expect to get a hundred percent response rate. Like mm. the people who freak out about this are the people who do it once in a blue moon. And guess what? You're less likely to get the response, but there are people who every time they see an indie and they're really struck by the directing or the casting that they send off a message. Mm-hmm. And it's that regularity that will, it's that uh, opportunity meets preparation. I mean, if you're doing that a lot, it's eventually your moment will come um, and it, it will work out. Um, I also think the most practical answer, feel free to disagree you two, but I found during pandemic, the most practical answer is Instagram though, right? Yeah. It feels yeah. like if by far, Instagram, then yeah. if you're on Instagram, <laughs> the, too. yeah. Sorry, what was the other one? LinkedIn is helpful. I've had people who find success with that. Yeah, well, on so Twitter, some people aren't on Instagram, but they're really big on Twitter. Like, just find them where they are. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that really strikes me about what you guys are talking about is how it's so also in touch with like celebrating yourself in a role is like celebrating yourself in the casting directors you're targeting. So much we hear about is I just want to meet casting directors, and it's very spaghetti against the wall rather than like this is the story that I want to tell. Being what's your what you're going to- toward in your acting, and then when you're going toward in your business, being about these are the kind of stories that turn me on. So these are the casting directors that I want to create a relationship with. Where it becomes more targeted in that way, and then it does become authentic because you're not just like I'm an actor who needs a job. You're someone who's like I love the stories that you put help put together it's resonant yeah and going back to something that john started or, or interjected at some point in this conversation is like the best way to meet anyone in this town is just be consistently good be consistently good in lots of places because they'll either see you they'll find you you'll create something that finds them or you will create such a network of true fans who know your work and where you fit and why you're there and that you'll show up and that you'll be consistent that's the best way to get an agent to meet casting any of those things whether it's in class doing stand-up comedy in an improv on set for a non-union short it doesn't matter on stage do it everywhere be great consistently and the rest will work out um i would add be kind just be kind and gracious there's that gentle voice again there it is We started off brand, but we really, we really landed right back exactly where we should be. Um, Well, guys, it's well after five o'clock. I think we've kept everyone as long as we can. Um, I will say that this was different from our other happy hours and really fun. It was fun to have like a crosstalk and to get to see all your faces. Um, This was just the best. So thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Can we all think, can we all thank you, Brian, for being so good at this? Brian is just an amazing partner in this. Uh, and uh, what a voice, what great questions. He's so present. 
uh, he led this whole thing today. Well, thank you very and much. And for weeks. Uh, it is many, my pleasure. many, 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 many weeks. Many, many weeks. <laughs> Well, it is uh, it is my absolute pleasure. I feel very lucky to do this with all of you. Um, getting to it's share almost space. It's like you've been parenting this happy hour. <laughs> Preparation for practicing. this next step in your life. I'm practicing. Cheers, I'm practicing. Papa. Thank you. Thank you. Um, cheers. Happy, healthy, kind, smart, funny. That's what my wife say. We say every night. Okay. Um, so this this is it. This wraps up happy hour. For 2020, we will see you all in 2021. But in the meantime, please sign up for the 48 hour film festival. I promise you only one person per submission needs to be enrolled at JRS or Actor Salon. After that, you could have been at the studio. We could have never met you. You're welcome to be a part of it. Just one currently paying person. Also, uh, if you like conversations like these, in fact, if you want to hear Ryan, Britt, or John, and Aaron, this means I need to get you in the new year, um, all these lovely people are on Industry Town, the podcast that I host and produce the studio, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, so please check that out, subscribe, listen to their lovely voices too. And, uh, and more than anything, most importantly, have a wonderful holiday. You all have earned it. So uh, we wish health, joy, and ease for all of you and all of your loved ones. Thank you for sharing so much of 2020 with us, and uh, we can't wait for more 2021. So from everyone here in this happy hour in a JRS master salon, thank you all, and thank you for the one from the new year. Bye, everybody. Bye.